0: Welcome to Shed Life. Go. All right, welcome everyone. Today we're joined by Bisan. He's a Londoner who spent three years teaching English in China. Bisan, how you doing, mate?
1: I'm great, mate. I'm great. Uh,
0: happy to be in a shed. <laughs> good to, hear, good to. Oh well, well uh, you know one thing. We've got to start with China virus, Kung flu, all this rhetoric. Is this a good way to behave? Is it accurate? You could, you know, you're probably the best placed person in, uh, in the shed to tell us
1: this. See, the thing is, I will say, uh, obviously, it's inaccurate uh, because of that. Live, for three, is bias. But I can see where people are coming from, you know. Um, living there and the perception of China here in the Western world is very different. Obviously, uh, I can go into that podcast, uh, to record this podcast, but calling it a China flu is obviously very naive, and it's not the truth. Um, obviously, it's a virus that was originated in China, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a Chinese flu.
0: Sure, sure. But, you know, how, how, how do people in China react when they hear this rhetoric from the West, for example? Like, you know, people basically, you know, accusing them and blaming them. Do, you know, do you have any experience or knowledge on understanding what they're trying to say do they sort of you know hold hatred towards them or anger or you know vibes of saying oh they're racist at this or that or you know are they just sort of you know fuck it whatever they say you know let them go we're, we're too busy dealing with this shit
1: it's weird because uh, in china um, having a face and losing a face is a very very big thing so obviously yeah. this virus is a bad luck for china and for its people you know um Chinese people want to seem like they actually are good people and obviously they are anything in the world and they're friendly and so on, you know. Um, so for this virus obviously to affect the entire world, it's a bad look for China. Um, there's no way sort of going around that, you know. Um, but the fact is obviously, the, the fact that people are sort of like discriminating them, it's hard to say whether they actually hear that because of the media then, obviously uh, propaganda and the sort of censorship that is involved in the media in China and what actually gets through the public. So people who live in China who are Chinese, I don't know whether they're actually hearing the criticism, you know, Um, but I guess the Chinese who live in just England, Australia, America, they probably do hear that. And obviously, maybe their perspective is a bit different um, as obviously they're westernized, uh, they live a certain way, they obviously know more of the truth of what's happening regarding the virus. And what has affected them in every place, you know, While they're living abroad.
0: Sure, sure. So, all right, all right. We we, we talk about censorship and stuff later on, and um, I get what you're saying. Maybe majority of the the citizens won't know what's being said about them or the rhetoric used against them. Um, but obviously, the government officials will 100 percent know what the world's thinking about them, and you know, quotations coming out of obviously the U.S. president's mouth. know the leadership in China will 100% know, you know, what they're saying and what they're accusing them of. So this point that you just said about, you know, it's a big deal for them to lose face. Could that potentially be an indicator of them maybe not telling certain truths about this virus because they don't want to lose face? They don't want to be seen as sort of inadequate or, you know, underprepared or responsible for this virus. So could could that be a reason for them hiding certain truths about this?
1: I think it's a, it's, a, it's a definite truth that they put hidden figures, you know. Um, it's a thing in the world, obviously. Uh, the numbers of, of deaths and infections in China obviously it's not realistic. It's in population and how densely populated each city is, especially Wuhan. You know? um, so obviously, they have in the figures. Um, but the fact is, uh, with sort of China and the fact that they will, want to lose face. What's happened now is actually they're trying to blame the coronavirus on Africans, uh, and actually originating
0: from black people, which is crazy, crazy. Seriously, yeah. I've not yeah. heard about that. Tell, yes, tell, yeah, tell yeah. us more about that.
1: That's pretty crazy. So um, this is stems obviously with the sort of the racial sort of connotations of China, unfortunately, um, and this is in the future. But like, there's a big African population in Guangzhou, which is um, next to Hong Kong, in China. Um, and uh, obviously, a lot of people go there for study and obviously do business and so on. Um, unfortunately, there's been a few situations where unfortunately some Africans come over and they've committed certain crimes, and that's obviously reflected on how Chinese people see African people, and African people as a whole. Um, and now, as they see African people are sort of inferior to say white people or other race, they try to put the blame on COVID to um, Africans and now Africans in one show, a lot of them actually are homeless, so they've been affected by their landlords, uh, and they sleep sleeping on the streets, because uh, they don't want to separate them all from the general public, which is easy, and, and make them scapegoat, which is uh, obviously nuts from America, I
0: Yeah, fair enough. So, the, um, the actual COVID situation, based on your I'd say educated guests, because obviously you weren't there at the time when you know it all went when went when you know broke loose basically. But how well or you know, did they deal with the situation? How you know what what are they to sort of blame for any, if or you know, or if or for what? Anything. Um yeah, just just, just your basic general assessment of their handling of the situation? Because obviously they were the orig- original state that sort of you know dealt with this virus. And um, what's, it, what's your thoughts on it, you know, based on your own opinion and experience from living there for three years?
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say obviously it originated from there. They have dealt with it quite well. Um, living there, um, it's a very much a community that... And, uh, listens to the government. So whatever the government says, do, right? So obviously when it became a threat there, um, and I have friends who live there, it was full lockdown. Uh, so full lockdown in Wuhan. And then following that, it was uh, a lockdown in Shanghai and all the big cities and just the whole country. So obviously people were stuck indoors. They were listening to the government. They weren't socialising like they are doing over here. Um, so obviously the way it's actually spread is probably not too bad considering you know, considering how many people live in China. Obviously, the things haven't been doctored, uh, but in, in a sense, uh, <laughs> in a sense it, it really really is a sense where I think, you know, uh, there's only so much they can do, you know, because it's a virus, it's going to spread, you know. Uh, obviously, the families are all together, uh, they speak to each other, obviously, it's going to spread. And obviously, they've contained it to an extent. I think the big problem, obviously, and the fact that why it's spreading in, in in, uh, in Europe and the whole world is obviously Italy. in the fact that obviously uh, Patient Zero wasn't caught or wasn't dealt with in Italy. And obviously, then it spread throughout Europe and then spread into America. It was about to happen, but the extent of it obviously has been drastic and
0: it's been crazy. So, are you saying Patient Zero is from, is from Italy? Is that, what you, is that what
1: you're saying? I, I, I believe, yeah, I, believe, I may be wrong, but I believe uh, it is Italian uh, who was living in China and went back home.
0: Um, oh, okay. I see. So, the, the patient zero was an Italian, but in, yeah. in this country of China. Okay. That's,
1: what, that's what I believe. Uh, I may be wrong. Uh, maybe the facts
0: are obviously incorrect, but and that's what I would hear it. Yeah, because I heard it was like a tour group from Italy who went over to China and picked it up via you know, someone else in China. But no one knows, I, I, as in, no one of the general population will know who it is. Obviously, the authorities in China, and maybe globally, might know, but yeah we probably, like you said, aren't, aren't too sure of those. Yeah, exactly.
1: um, it's confidential information, but um, yeah,
0: that's what we're hearing about. well. sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, so, like I said, so, so what's your opinion on the accuracy and legitimacy of the actual numbers coming out of China and, you know, like, obviously how they dealt with it at the start, there's questions raised about that, but you know, going forward, people will will think if they look purely at the numbers that China handled it quite well. They kept their, you know, cases low, they kept the death rate low. Obviously there's a lot of skepticism in that because no one knows what's sort of the truth that comes out of China because there is like a lot of censorship, like you said. Um, but basically living in there, in their cause, how can you sort of comment on their legitimacy and the accuracy of those figures and other issues?
1: Yeah, so as I said, um, yeah, the, the figures obviously are, have been kind of tampered with. Obviously, it's, it's not legit. Um, uh, well obviously, there's no guarantee uh, that they aren't, but I'm pretty sure they aren't. Um, the fact of the matter is, obviously, the way they want to portray themselves to the world is obviously that they've uh, they saw a problem and they dealt with it quickly, um, which in a sense they have. Uh, um, but obviously, there's been a lot of deaths. Uh, and obviously, they don't want to the gory figures uh, to the to the world media. Uh, because of how it would look in the other guy um that's just a situation um and, and the figures are the figures you know um i think as, as somebody who's in the uk who's in the uk uh, we can tell that obviously those figures are probably not true but um, it is what it is you know um, there's no way of finding out how many people actually died have in from the, from the, uh, the virus, uh, um, <laughs> but uh, it is uh, the situation where I guess we only know the effect, I guess, years down the line, um, in terms of population and the, the stats that come out China. You know, um, and it's very anyway. Um, and uh, obviously, the city of Wuhan, um, is obviously um, been majorly affected by it. Um, there was a video actually, on, uh, for internet recording just after the. The easing of the lockdown in we actually, where uh, a number of nationals were trying to exit the border um, and was the police, and there was obviously um, a lot of uh, violence uh, due to, uh, trying to cross the border. Um, so, obviously, they'd be trapped uh, like some animals in cages there. Um, but they've obviously loosened the sort of the rules over there now. Um, my friends, obviously, they live in Shanghai, Ningbo, uh, the I used to teach him, and this uh, is place they're teaching and. Now the bars are opening, the restaurants are opening, uh, they're about to open the schools very soon. Uh, so life is starting to get back to normal there. Um, it's been a while. So the first um, first positive test, I think, was on the 31st of uh, September uh, last year. So now it's uh, April. So it's been a good four months, you know, uh, four to five months. So obviously it's been a while. But um, they've dealt with quite well, considering. Um, but, again, the actual aftermath of what's happened uh, – it's hard to tell how it's gonna actually look like you know, in the a few years and 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 how people will learn from the lessons and they've gained from the situation.
0: So you know, you know, we've seen um we've seen sort of videos and reports about them the Chinese people building a hospital in sort of like record time or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, what was it, 30 days or something? They just literally Built a hospital from scratch, out of nothing, like that. Obviously, was to deal with this pandemic and the the amount of critical care that was needed, and you know to deal with patients, etc. But I guess figures like that then doesn't that surprise you? Because you don't see those kind of things happening in the West. Like obviously, you might make makeshift hospitals or room for you know patients' beds in different. You know environments, you know in, in the UK or America, etc. But literally building up a hospital from scratch in that sort of time, those kind of figures and stuff, then obviously make you believe: are their figures, at, you know, that inaccurate, or is that only in a propaganda kind of sense? Is that only because it gives them a positive view in terms of the whole world?
1: Yeah, obviously, like the figures are. As I said, uh, the doctor in a sense, where is is sort of like expected um, in a way where it's being positive in terms of how they've uh, dealt with the virus. You know, um, in terms of the hospital, um, that was incredible to see. Obviously, the video of it in such a short period of time. Um, but that doesn't surprise me at all uh, because obviously, we, we're chatting is very accurate, uh, and they're hard workers, They're very hard workers. Um, so. When it comes to a national crisis they all they together and they obviously are going towards this common goal of obviously trying to deal with the virus and obviously trying to minimize the harm caused you know so obviously the fact that they uh don't the such a short period of time was uh it was no surprise to me it was great to see but it was no surprise with just how people like how hard working
0: they are you know? um,
1: in terms of the figures uh as you said like, yeah, obviously, the government want to put a positive spin on you know, it. It's not a good look for people to say, even if it's say this originally in the UK or in Gibraltar or know, Madagascar, and, uh, obviously, the government from whatever nation that it originated obviously, is sort of the negative um, factors or influencers on, on the country and how it's sort of how you see China. Because China is obviously it's a growing superpower. And uh, the fact of the matter is that in a superpower, obviously it's all about yeah, oh, as well. Um, it's not it's not just how it's gonna be yeah. and how people perceive uh, the country. So obviously the tourism, there's obviously business, there's um, numerous factors which she which obviously lead to sort of the brand of the country, and obviously with China's ambitions of becoming the global power of the world, this is wasn't looks like. obviously government is looking for wages in a positive fashion and uh, you can't blame it for that
0: you know yeah okay no that's fair enough um, all right so we talked about we, we touched upon government state news earlier on we do know there's obviously a censorship that goes on in China yeah. um, from your time over there did you did you notice major discrepancies in sort of the government state news uh, and the censorship and obviously, obviously, being a Western guy, you you know what's going on around the world, and the you know the place you come from, you know, in the UK. Did you notice like major discrepancies in terms of what was being told to the Chinese citizens, and from what was actually you know told in the Western world? I guess because that obviously plays an impact in, uh, I guess, in this uh, Corona situation as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, uh, the media there is a re- very sensitive by the government. Um, uh, to actually access, say, Google, YouTube, or many of the Western media outlets uh, in China, you need a VPN, which is a special software, which allows you to access uh, these websites. Um, otherwise, if you don't have a VPN, you have to obviously just go on Chinese media sites, um, which obviously is, unfortunately, is biased towards... Uh, the which obviously is how it is. Um, so, if there's any negative story about China, um, it's probably reflected uh, in, in the Chinese media. Uh, so, the majority of the nationals who live there obviously don't use the VPN, and their views are kind of um, what would you say? Just it's kind of uh, the way they think of things and how they think about certain values and certain ways of acting are uh, sort of skewed by the government and what, they, what people think you know? and just generally as
0: a whole you know um, yeah yeah no well, that's fair I mean I'm intrigued I'm intrigued like if you're if you're a Chinese national you all you've heard is the state news and then suddenly you make your way across I don't know as a there's a student trying to get in a university degree or whatever in, in the UK or US or something, because we know there's a lot of um, international students who attend these courses. Mm. Um, you know, I, I guess it will be difficult for you to say because your your sort of route was the opposite. But their sort of mindset, suddenly hearing this censored watered down data, which kind of sheds their country in a, a certain light, and then suddenly going out and hearing maybe a slightly more freer version of that. And I say slightly because I still think um, there's obviously, the Western media is obviously not uh, perfect. But yeah, just, you know, I don't know if you spoke to anyone or you knew anyone who had that experience and, or even yourself, I mean, maybe returning back after three years back to the UK, did, was it a big shock or was it a culture change? Did you realize, oh shit, the amount of propaganda or censorship is actually uh, it's turned my head quite a bit.
1: See now, I was obviously delighted to come back just for numerous reasons, but uh, the media was one one of the factors, you know. Obviously being able to go it into and have a sort of in a row of different sort of sources, different opinions was really positive. Um unless you're on the VPA. Um, the the stories there, um, obviously with in terms of the nationals, actually, the nationals sort of go abroad and maybe mm. learn about other Ways of living and how other people sort of are portraying news. Um, you see, the situation in Hong Kong um, recently, and actually, kind of the crux of that sort of protest is actually to do with obviously freedom and having the opportunity to do what they want, read what they want, uh, act how they want, in a sense. And the, obviously, China will obviously have Hong Kong sort of not under their umbrella. And the Hong Kong residents, are obviously a bit more freer and a bit more westernised, they don't want that, you know. They will not to live the way, the way they want to live in, obviously, with a sort of a higher of both the Chinese or of south southeastern sort of, south, south, southeast of uh, mindset, with obviously a westernised mindset, is it's also sort of bundled together. Um, So the media is pretty crazy because obviously you can obviously say the same thing here in in the UK. Obviously, there's a certain um, right-wing newspapers, and left-wing newspapers. Obviously, they're trying to influence news a certain way. They're trying to influence the reading in a certain way. Um, It's very much, obviously, here in the UK, in many other countries, you have the opportunity to choose what side, what sort of people you uh, um, agree with. Um, Over there, maybe because there's Less of choice, less variety, maybe you're going to think about things a certain way. Um, which is, I think that's the massive difference between the two, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good point you raised about the Hong Kong sort of protest, because that, that, for the Chinese government, I guess, couldn't have come at a better time in terms of this virus. Because, I mean, what you, you touched upon, I think, well, well, I don't know exactly what they're protesting. I think it was that. One of the citizens or something of Hong Kong they were being tried under Chinese law, as opposed to traditional uh, Hong Kong law, which is obviously Western, right? Yeah. And um, I think they were trying to—I don't know—I I don't know if I'm accurate or not—but they were they were keeping trying to keep the two two separate, almost like their own identity, because Hong Kong is obviously seen as its own kind of its own entity, right? Even though it's currently belongs to China or where well, it was made independent from the British in the nineties, but. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting topic. So I guess, like you said, the citizens out there obviously have a certain feeling as to how they should be treated and the laws they should be following, which may be completely different to mainland China.
1: Yeah, again, so as, as I was saying, so there's less freedom obviously in terms of how you act as um, a sole sort of running back as uh, explained in China where you're always being watched. That's a people with your phone, with, obviously, mobile, internet, laptop, um, and laptop, and you're always being followed. Um, so you have to kind of watch what you say yeah. at all times. Um, the thing is, with nationals, uh, uh, so when they do go abroad, they do like it. but Some also do miss it. They do miss the fact that, obviously, each other, there are numerous things which are doing really well. You know, for example, the crime there is very low, uh, considering the... Uh, of the, the Western countries, you know.
0: um, but is that is that is that crime reported crime uh, you may be basing that uh sort of judgment on or is it like crime you're talking about in terms of witnessing certain issues is it basically what the news again is saying okay crime rates are low or this is how many robberies or killings or yeah. whatever we get a month a year etc again it's controlled by a certain state of uh, a certain sense of cen- uh, censorship right yeah uh, how is that sort of coming for us
1: that's a fair point that's a fair point um but for me personally obviously i'm, I'm from inner city london here and uh, going over there for me i always felt safe um even for four o'clock in the morning and walking home And sort of um but i guess if you walk in the center you kind of watch out who's behind you uh, obviously, matters sort of fashions sort of jewelry or whatever, you know. Um I think obviously there is a dark underbelly in China if you would try it and so on. Um, and it's, it's hidden and it's not portrayed in the media. But again, in totality I don't think there is much sort of crime that goes on uh, in the sense. Maybe pocketing, in there's a dark underbelly. But perhaps maybe. In the night during the daytime and in the evening um it's pretty safe and people um i think they often respect the law in a sense because of the hard-hitting sort of measures if they were to break the law what would happen to them in that and how society would look upon them was it obviously an ex-con, ex-con be there? it'd be very difficult because obviously how many people get back into uh, work and employment after that, you know? um so obviously there's a numerous sort of reasons why people try and stay above the law all the time uh, not a bit of legal you know um, because of what hmm. happened.
0: Do, do you think that that sort of um, that comment you're saying about um, respecting the law do you think that's a case of the way the government operates where they may or may not respect it more but obviously they toe the line a bit better or is it a case of Maybe they just don't have as many. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to say the opposing argument, but it, it, yeah, is that the case? then, Basically, like, is it is it kind of they have more respect for the government or they fear more from what the government will do to them if they don't respect the law? Yeah, you know, uh, they they fear their punishment more, kind of, or is it they just genuinely have more respect and they think, okay, well now we can't be doing this. This isn't right, etc.
1: I think it goes hand in hand, but I will say more to the latter. Um, because they know what would happen say so if they were to do something really bad um, and obviously not have the clout to get out of it you know so for example obviously there's only a small segment of the Chinese population which is rich you know and maybe they'll have the money to get out of it or away, will be sort of illegal ramifications of something uh, negative or illegal you know but the majority of them obviously are just normal people and they're just normal life. so if they were to do something wrong and go to jail for that or maybe be, be at risk to go to jail for that um, they know that be hard-hitting sentence for them first of all and if they were to be released at some time their sort of integration back into society will be very difficult um so obviously that's a massive massive sort of like uh, red flag for them to try and even any sort of crime. And I guess that sort of sort of um, feeling that obviously it's going to be
0: a negative thing um yeah no i get what you're saying fair enough um like obviously you said you mentioned you're from inner city London you don't have to be from inner city London to walk around your major cities and towns cross country to see the sort of sheer amount of people are homeless and this and that in the yes, UK yeah. right what what how does that fare in China exactly I know I know from the few cities you've lived in and visited yeah. what's the comparison you can make because obviously that population is a lot bigger so you may expect the raw numbers to be bigger or I don't know the, yeah. the areas from what they sort of collate, might be larger, but what's the comparison you can make from
1: that? Uh, so in terms of just, if, you first, uh, if I speak about the homeless, so there are homeless in, in China, uh, as there is everywhere around the world. Um, the thing with the homeless in China is is actually um, quite sad. Um, so in China, a lot of the homeless actually are either disabled or they're, they're elderly or they have some sort of mental disorder. Um, and a lot of the time, um, they're used as sort of like, um, like circus like gangsters, to get money. So these uh, individuals are just places of famous tourist attractions or uh, like shopping plazas or outside shopping plazas or sort of shops and so sort of popular sort of areas of publics sort or of footfall, And obviously they're begging for change, begging for money. Uh, and they're actually working for somebody, a gangster, or a triad, who's actually, again, the majority of uh, what they're earning, and maybe pay them a little bit so they can survive and work the next day, which is a very, very sad, you know. Um, and in terms of just general, like, poverty China, there is poverty, you know, so there's a lot of inequality, uh, but the rich are very, very rich, you know, um, and you can tell they're rich, you know, um, and they're in China. It's very uh, materialistic, you know, uh, money is a major thing. So if you do have money, uh, people would like to flesh it and show their wealth because it's, again, as I said earlier, so it's about not losing face, you know, um, but also showing that you're wealthy is also a, a thing that's kind of um, encouraged, uh, so if you're wealthy, it shows that you've made it, you know, uh, like my, I made it, um, in here, in, in sort of, so obviously not everyone actually lives in lifestyle, um, and obviously a lot of people obviously are just living sort of from a uh, week to week, day to day. Um, so a lot of uh, restaurant owners they have small restaurants uh, and it's just family businesses there's a lot of family businesses there, and they just live in pay the bills so that they can survive so it's very much uh, a weird situation in terms of how the rich live and everybody else lives
0: mm, interesting yeah Um. just just going back a touch the, when we were talking about Hong Kong the protests and all that do you, from your own point of view, find the timing of the whole virus being um, sort of out in the global domain? Do you find any of that suspect at all? I mean, obviously, that's the case that is technically a conspiracy theory. So just in general, your thoughts on the conspiracy theories which are coming out uh, from this virus and that one, I guess, in particular. Start with.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> Again, it is it's hard to say uh, what's true or not. Um, I can see where the crimps, conspiracy theorists are coming from, you know, because uh, it is very much, uh, um, it, works for, it works for China that this has happened, you know. Uh, and the fact mm-hmm. that is, when this is all over, there's a good chance that, for business sense, uh, China are going to be in the benefit, you know, um, because obviously, as a mm-hmm. Western society, we're already mm-hmm. overrun the China in terms of our businesses and how much we use them for manufacturing products and so on. Um so and also we are with the what's the five G network with Huawei even in the UK. Um so we have like numerous sort of links with China um and mm-hmm. that we need them. So the fact of the matter is this situation now that China is getting back to normal and Europe obviously still as a standstill. it gives them a few months now to sort of like develop, develop, develop and it, sort of like the poor role in the economy so to take advantage of Europe's sort of a house pandemic to be self you know? Um So, yeah. uh, it,
0: it, just to jump in, sorry, B Sam, but is it is it a case that we need them? I guess for certain industries and certain yeah. um, certain eco- economies, we do need them. But a lot of global companies have gone to China from their original towns, cities, countries. Because of the cheaper labor, the, the tax differences, and they've obviously lost jobs in their current state and country just to get a cheaper deal across borders, right? So, do you see any of that changing? Because of to be honest, there is quite a harsh rhetoric coming out from the West against China, and that's obviously it's not helped or it's not dampened at all by the top authority of that country, i.e. USA and I guess to a lesser extent the rhetoric, but still probably the similar sort of thinking from the UK and the rest of the Western world. So, do you see any of that changing? Because obviously there's a big slew of companies moving to China and surrounding areas to get cheaper deals and make their factories, etc., produce stuff you know in those borders. Yeah. So the,
1: the thing with Trump is because Trump is a businessman, you know, Uh at the heart. obviously he's a president, but. He's a
0: sort of like, um, well, well he's a he's a he's a TV man, isn't he? He's a he's, a he's, a showbiz he's guy. He's
1: a showman, he's a Business
0: businessman's a bit of a stretch, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely that's definitely
1: the case. But <laughs> he's playing his trump card, you know, part of the pun, you know. It says that he, business is his fault. <laughs> <laughs> we business, love puns but, on the we, we love we, puns we, in we, the shed. Yeah. Keep yeah. In <laughs> Yeah, trust me trust me <laughs> um so w- with uh trump obviously business is his forte as well as well as being the tv sort of entertainer and he knows that china is a threat from business standpoint that's why he's trying to obviously try to stamp on them you know and trying to stamp on the neck because he knows we have become over reliant on china in terms of manufacturing on businesses that are moving. Them. absolutely uh, obviously he wants to try and Bring it back to the US or bring it back to the Western world, where we're not also over on China. Where in the future, say such a situation when like this, pandemic happens, where we're depending on China's for PPE for stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah, but the thing is, I get, I get what you're saying, but someone again, this is when I say conspiracy. It's not, it's not conspiracy. It's either known or maybe not as well documented. But people in the higher echelon of things. They will benefit from having their products produced on the cheap because they make more profits. And these profits go directly into lobbying, et cetera, putting people in certain government positions. So, realistically, China was good for people in the highest powers of certain nations and states, et cetera. So, I get what you're saying. For the public, it's not good. You know, recreating jobs back at your hometown, you know, manufacturing jobs, factories, et cetera, and, you know, producing them in China is not going to help that. But that's what happened. This is why I don't understand. I get, I get what you're saying. He's a global power. They're growing, and their their dominance may be growing so far that they could be, be potentially a threat to Western superpowers in quotations. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think something like this definitely has, has to derail that growth. Uh, you know, not 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 um, economically, but from a, a business standpoint, from countries. Who utilise their labour and cheaper sort of, you know, manufacturing capabilities, you know, in their own in their own countries. Yeah, I, I do definitely agree with that. You know. um, obviously, the, the fact of the matter is obviously
1: the UK wants to do the same as well. You know, they obviously want obviously to boost manufacturing in the UK. You know, it's obviously to increase jobs for their people uh, and lower uh, unemployment. Um, but the fact of the matter is the businesses obviously the global corporations they want to look at their own profit and the fact of the matter is in Southeast Asia that's where the cheapest is generally or even in India you know um, and they are going to obviously look after their own bottom line rather than obviously their own home countries bottom line if you know what I mean you know? no yeah absolutely yeah and yeah, that's natural you know if you're in that position you're going to do the same um, unless you a super, super poor obviously uh, create jobs for locals or um, you want to help the country that you live in uh, and you, you care about profit too much, um, you're always going to go... Oh well, no,
0: well, Bisa, and to be fair, that, that the way you sort of um, initially uh, portrayed Trump, for example, as oh, going against China because they're taking jobs away from the American citizens, that's what you would want in an ideal kind of president or candidate do you know what I mean? You'd want to keep those jobs back in your home country. You wouldn't want, because these are corporations that obviously have that control and obviously he stands to benefit from that as well. But um, yeah, in an ideal world, exactly what you're saying is what you'd want, but obviously that's not the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true, that's true, that's true. Uh, business is a weird thing, you know, like, with, with the Chinese businesses, they are on the grow as well. they are, are, are on the come up, you know. Um, there's numerous Chinese businesses that have developed especially the mobile phones and technology so huawei oppo um they've all really really started to make a claim into the mobile phone phone market and that's it's, it's, i think it's happening you know um, as, as things go on you know um the chinese companies are well run um they know what they're doing they're very efficient uh, the manufacturers are point. and uh the way the country is run is very much rely very much uh, reliant on technology over there and Sure, yep. But you have to use your phone to pay for stuff through WeChat and stuff, you know. Um, and it's mm. a lot of technology which is advanced in how society runs over there, which maybe the UK and other places in the Western world, maybe we're a bit behind, you know. Um, so yeah, i doing a lot of good things over there as well. Yeah, just, just, just
0: go, just sorry, man. Just going back a second, you know, you, you mentioned WeChat uh, for majority of listeners from the West. Obviously, they may not know what WeChat is. If you just elaborate on what exactly that is, if that's all
1: right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so WeChat is actually owned by a South African company called Tencent, um, but it's uh, got a software called WeChat, which is um, very similar to WhatsApp in a sense. It um, has a few extra features uh, where you can pay for stuff using the WeChat wallet. Um, you can pay for uh, train tickets. You can find train tickets. You can uh, obviously video call, audio uh, message. Um, you can pay your bills through WeChat as well. Uh, which is quite beneficial.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm right. I'm sorry, but I'm saying I'm, I'm right in saying WhatsApp, for example, yeah. and maybe even text messaging and stuff, that doesn't actually exist and for the the nationals of China.
1: So WhatsApp it is not popular in China because you use a VPN, obviously, to use it. Uh, WeChat is the main sort of accumulation software over there, um, that and QQ. Uh, which Cuckoo is more of a thing for kids, really. Um, it's more like QQ music. So it'd be kind of like Spotify with a bit of a chat feature. Um, but um, WeChat is the main, I guess, WhatsApp. That they use. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So WeChat is also a good way of actually transferring money as well. Uh, so you can have a feature WeChat Wallet uh, where you can transfer
0: funds uh, through your bank card um is that is that similar to sort of your apple pays and google pays yeah and so yeah yeah
1: it? exactly yeah very similar very similar but it's all in one app which
0: is really cool Also, oh, if you wanted to pay someone like one of your mates for something you wouldn't have to ask for their uh bank account number and you know, no, sort no, code, no, for no. example
1: exactly so you just have your them as a wechat friend, and then you just ah, okay it's
0: nice. pretty cool it's pretty cool actually well, it sounds more efficient it?
1: yeah it is yeah it is yeah awesome
0: uh, just, just one more question. Going back to the, um, I know we were touched upon the conspiracies and this and the other. There's one which is sort of um, standing out quite a bit, and that that one was the um, the potential of Wuhan. They had a biological weapons lab in there, and they were producing some sort of biological weapon, i.e., coronavirus, and it sort of accidentally got leaked. And because it got leaked, they kind of blamed it on the wet markets. Um, based on your experience and knowledge, obviously being out there and just your general force, you know, what's your sort of response to
1: that? <laughs> so this is this is not the conspiracy theory. It could be, true, it could be not. Um, the, the fact of that matters: the, the wet market, obviously, in the past previously has caused a lot of these viruses. So that probably is the reason why the virus spread. Um, but in terms of this sort of conspiracy. Of course, it potentially, it could have happened. It could have happened. Um, again, as a way sort of to pursue uh, like Chinese government interests. Um, but for me, I wouldn't really believe that, if I'm honest. Um, because again, although China is overpopulated, as I said, they uh, care about their people generally. Um, so I, I don't think they would sacrifice their people just for...
0: No, but this, this, was, this was saying... They were. They had a lab there, a secret lab there, biological weapons lab. Like most military sort of, you know, weapons that you're producing, they're not. They're not going to be advertised too much. They're obviously going to be done kind of underground, or they'll be obvious, and you know, there won't have citizens around them. But this one was, well, apparently, again, it was a secret lab, and accidentally there was some kind of spillage or something, and uh, it got out into the general public. So obviously to. To mitigate those circumstances, they might have blamed it on the most obvious choice, which is historically, like you said, been a case, you know, been a source of a virus, which mm-hmm. is the wet markets.
1: Yeah, uh <laughs> again, so I don't know much to add to it regarding this because like it's yes. hard to say because I'm not living there now. Um, um whether they are doing that, uh sort of uh Slyly, uh, that wouldn't surprise me As I, as I said, that would help them in terms of the, the war stakes. to say if something were to happen, and won't be a world war, they would defend themselves and be a, a great superpower. Um, so that actually could be a situation that's happened. Um, whether there is any truth behind that, again, it's, 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 it's hard to say.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, well, I mean, let's let's get on to. Um... Well, wet markets in general, have you ever visited any of them?
1: Yes, I have. Actually, I've visited quite a few of them. Um, so it's kind of weird, actually. So even if you go to your um, local uh, Walmart or Asda or Tesco over there, um, they have like raw meat on ice there. So you would walk past, say, the the fruit, the veg, and you're in the meat section. From, you'll see turtles uh, you'll see like Raffaello, just in the water there um just, <laughs> <laughs> just chilling um and you just see like um raw chicken on ice um that people would pick with their own hands so they wouldn't wear gloves so it, it, it's a strange situation because hygiene obviously is not a, a thing that now hopefully it will change uh it's not a thing that's really um not a thing that they focus on there as much. Um, just in the way they prepare food, how they store food. So, um, in terms of the wet markets, um, I did go to a few wet markets in different cities, um, and you see fish, obviously fish and raw meat um, hanging there um, in close proximity. Um, so, it, it, obviously, I can see how diseases would spread uh, through that sort of portal. Um, Is it's quite interesting because it, it's not it's not just obviously. A place where people go because people go there and it's cheaper only the prices for for the meat are cheaper um but it also is it's, it's kind of uh a, a scene it's, it's quite interesting mm-hmm. as, a, as a tourist or somebody as an expat to see that because it's it's not something that you have in the uk and that is very different
0: um yeah, so it, 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 uh, is is the is the meat there more glamorous when i say glamorous i mean in the case of your bats and your you know wildlife which you would like you said as a westerner, wouldn't expect to kind of see in these places
1: uh, if i might say i did not see any bats when i was in the markets in china when i which ones i visited anyway um obviously i saw different sort of birds different sort of meats like chicken snakes um scorpions and stuff like that. i mean I, I didn't see any bats per se uh, if, if, if i can remember properly um, so, I think those are certain niche uh, uh, markets in certain cities, um, and also the rural areas. I think are more. I think it's more apparent where you see these sort of like more glamorous or exotic creatures on uh, for customers to enjoy. Yeah, do you,
0: do you know much about the laws, uh, regulations, the you know, legal sort of um, side of which kind of animals and Things you can kind of get on these wet markets i know you said in maybe in the rural areas you might see more, maybe more when i say quotations exotic animals etc mm. but um yeah do you, do you see what's the most exotic animal etc whatever you kind of saw in these wet markets
1: yeah so, so for me obviously I, I, as i said so i haven't seen too many exotic animals i've seen snakes and um i think mean, i've seen a uh, Alligator as well.
0: Um, oh, that's fucking exotic, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that is quite exotic, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've seen those crocs, you know.
0: <laughs> it's better than seeing a pound of tuna or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. Very much more you know? Um Yeah, so I, I, I have seen that. Um, but again, in, in terms of the laws around it, um, I, I know they've t- s- recently tweaked it after the outbreak, um, but I believe now it's coming back to normal. Uh, it's very much the case because unfortunately over there um as i said earlier um people need to survive you know so they need to make some money to survive and they're willing to eat maybe some of these more random meats as a form of substance for them you know and obviously there are certain animals where it's glamorous to eat them you know um, so i believe like the pangolin where this uh, this um, coronavirus actually i think spread from uh, from the bats to the pangolin to, to the human um I think that's very exotic, and I think it's—I uh, guess it's, it's a, um, a thing like caviar that rich people like to eat. Well,
0: but, but that's the thing though, Bison, Like you say, it, it is exotic, right? It's also—if it, the more exotic it is, surely that must mean the more rare it is, and the more money it must cost, and the rich people do. So, why would the rich people go to these wet markets, like to get the? All right, fine. The wet markets might be the only place they can get these sort of exotic, luxurious animals to eat. Yeah. Right, but it, 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 as in how how is it sustainable? Like, does make any sense? It's
1: sustainable in in, in sense. Obviously, it's like I'm sure, like the rich people would not go to the person to buy these animals. Um, I think especially where market where is uh, especially sort of like for them. You know, um, I'm sure they send somebody to get it for them, uh, or deliver to their doorstep. Uh, but in, in terms of um the sort of feasibility of these wet markets how there. are no
0: but l- l- listen let me, let me just go back to it. so we're, we're talking alright I might not have said it properly but yeah. you're a rich person you're said, you we're saying that the, um, the Chinese culture is to show face and to show that you know appearances matter the most right mm-hmm. you you want to prove and show to the general population which is so much more condensed than arguably the rest of the world you know the closest arrivals of maybe India but you will say okay I'm a rich guy I'm going to walk around these wet markets I'm going to pick the most exotic luxurious animals I can find to eat you know in comparison to all these you know not in Aruba but peasants who maybe can't afford them they just maybe capture them for me yeah. you know why wouldn't you go yourself to show show that kind of face and you know th- that that's who you are do you know what I mean? Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess you could, but I guess in a sense,
0: like... Because who's going to see you around your dinner table eating, uh, you know, a fucking alligator or whatever it is? See, the, the thing, right? though,
1: is in China... You want to do it in so, public? Yes, yes, I, I know where you're coming from, but so in China, it's very much a case where it's not... Like, people don't eat as individuals, they eat together, so they share meals. So, say, a rich person may actually buy, a, say, alligator, buy a whatever, some sort of animal so that they can bring it back and then they cook it and run a dinner table with guests, but also wealthy, they can show that they have it, if you know what I mean. So yeah, no. They get, so they, get, they can flaunt it in their own sort of space where they live or where they're going to be dining at. They won't necessarily go there uh, to flaunt the fact they can buy it, because they can buy it anyway, Yeah. You know? Um, it, it doesn't really add anything to their sort of like face for them to you be know, in person to the market to buy it, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, all right. fair enough, man. You know, you know. One question I got asked though, like the, you know, obviously since the start of this Corona and all this lockdown stuff, people circulate videos, you know, about Chinese sort of, you know, uh, eating sort of cultures and how they do things, and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff which kind of maybe um, chokes a westerner is how you see a lot of Chinese people. When I say a lot, obviously, I'm talking about videos, so it might just be a couple of videos isolated. In comparison to the billions of population, but how they show them eating live animals, like fucking frogs and toads or bats or you know whatever, maybe live animals. I don't understand. Like this is one thing I'm trying to get from my head, and obviously I'm not. I'm not programmed to understand how it's like to eat live animals, but just from your point of view, knowing people they're living out there, what what you know, what, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, so again, that, that was. So I've seen some of these uh, animals, uh, sort of videos, you know. Um, obviously, I saw the the video of the guy eating the frog, the live frog, the head of the frog. That was disgusting. I don't remember disgusting to watch. But.
0: None of it was nice to yeah, watch. Yeah,
1: trust see, Kermit's <laughs> little face, man, that was a Muppet, really, though. No? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, so that, that wasn't good, no, But. Um, in terms of that, that that guy, I think that guy did it as a dare, you know? Because.
0: Um, well, mate, the guy, the, well, you might say the guy, I'm, the the video I saw was a little Chinese boy, like under the age of five or something, eating a live toad. And their really parents or guidance, guardians, or whatever, literally giggling at him, saying, Oh, look at this frog squirming away while he's fucking sucking on his head. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I've seen that one as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I, I think that all it stems to the fact that I've seen. Over there, um, the treatment of animals is not the best, unfortunately. Um, uh, Animals, obviously, like in the UK, uh, what they say, like, dog is a a man's best friend, right? Uh, Over there, animals aren't seen as equals to humans or close to equals to humans. Animals are seen as sort of like luxuries, in a sense, you know? Um, All
0: right, I, I get exactly where you're coming from. However, speaking as a potential Chinese advocate, you could also say the same thing. Eat, you know, killing meat for hunting for sport for your own pleasure and taste is the same thing. The the argument, I mean, going away from the point, like who chooses and says which animal you can and cannot eat? Like who makes the rules? Like which animal? You know, I mean, like no one can tell you that oh, you can't eat this dog, you can't eat this thing. You know, my my kind of question was based around, you know, do people who you know locals etc. Do they have an inkling towards why people? In China from the videos, purely the videos, which might be propaganda, why they enjoy eating and sucking on maybe live animals. That's kind of my, more my question.
1: I, I think it's a lack of education from their end, you know, um, there's not much you can add to that. It's just that education is wrong. I mean, they again think animals are an object or something for people
0: to enjoy, um, and they feelings, um, but again, a lack of education, again, is it's a lack of a certain type of education. Because yeah. like I said, who knows, who says it's right and wrong to eat a cooked animal against a raw animal, right? Yeah, exactly, and exactly. If you, if you go to a restaurant you ask for a steak, you might ask for it raw. Raw enough where it's close enough to basically being a live animal. It's just yes. not squirming on your plate. You're still having all the bones, uh, the, the blood and this and the other. So, you know, I I, I can understand that point, right? It's, it's, I don't think you can say to anyone, in the world i don't think it's right to say what you can and cannot eat if you eating another animal right like if you're saying oh i'm eating scorpions they'll be like "Fuck it why are you eating scorpions i'm eating frogs like who you know they might look down on you they might look down on the other person but you can't say this animal's right to you and this animal's not an animal is an animal they're yeah, lesser than humans in the sense of the biological food chain right yeah yes hierarchy yes but yeah, I get I guess there's more like if you've if you if you've heard any I don't know uh, statements or questions from your you know from your mates out there when you were there saying, Yeah, I enjoy the live animal because it gives me the I don't know, the thrill of trying to the thrill of the chase or something, trying to bite his head off before he <laughs> wiggles out of my mouth. Something stupid like that, do you know what I mean?
1: I I don't, I don't associate with those people at all, you know? <laughs> but um... I don't
0: know, man. You seem like the kind of guy, you know, yeah, a snake in his mouth it, and then see what happens.
1: See see, I'm friends See I'm friends With people like Joe Exotic You know (laughs) Uh, But um, No so like Again so like um, I don't think It's a thrill People will do it As a joke maybe um, uh, To eat a live animal I don't don't think It's a thrill um, Unless you're Sick in the head Um, (laughs) I I don't know Why people want To do that Personally from my standpoint Maybe some people Think it's it adds more texture to the dish. I don't know, um, but maybe it's more exciting. Uh, who knows?
0: Um, but for, yeah, for me, uh, I, I mean, it's got to go down to human preference though. again. Like we're talking about the steak. Like people will say rare, you know, medium rare, or well done, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean, like I get, I guess that's it's different in what we're talking about, but it's kind of the mo- the, the closest comparison you get to eating a live animal when eating a dead animal. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I, I think it's just. I think it's. Uh, the mentality that like, I think, I think you're the same as well. Like, you wouldn't eat a live animal, um, uh, or no, no way, <laughs> exactly. Me
0: personally, no way,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, definitely. You know, so I'm the same. Um, so f- for me, like, seeing that per that animal alive, um, and eating that person, that animal while it's still moving, that would just be weird for me. That'll make my body shudder, you know. Um, but for some people, maybe they're, not, they're just not. Wired that way, you know, and they think, "Oh, it's cool." It's not; it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. It has no feelings, as I said earlier,
0: and it's just—it's just. It's just a- not true. That is true. And also, I guess—I mean, I'm not—I'm not a scientist or a medic or whatever. But I guess a lot of the a lot of things from cooking an animal, from the pure the sheer heat, I guess it gets rid of a lot of the bacteria and potential, you know, risks that that sort of animal carries yeah, as too- you consume it. And I guess i guess that's maybe one of the points that. Maybe the Western side picked up on that. Like, you're eating live animals who may be passing these, you know, infectious, potentially infectious, um, you know, biological, whatever they are, you know, from, from, from animal to human, which I guess is probably the most dangerous thing. A lifestyle choice, like I said, I, you know, I have no question, I, I have no qualms against it because I can't comment on it because I don't see how you can say to a human being, yeah, you can eat a, a lion, right? You can kill a lion, a deer, a, uh, you know, know. or a dog or whatever and you can eat yeah, it yeah you know I mean you know who's to say the chicken is less worthy than a fucking dog right that, yeah people will have their own beliefs and all maybe you know, I don't know it might be religious it might be not whatever but you can't actually tell people what to eat when you're eating another species of animals I think yeah. but yeah I guess when we're talking about it biologically like a live animal I, I don't know I mean that's where I get big Grimaced out a bit of it. Yeah. Did you have any live animals in your shed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a, I got a black cobra, bro. bro. <laughs> 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 I, could, I called him B and short, just B, in, nice and simple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <No>, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: all, 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 you, all you need is a snake charmer now, no? <laughs>
0: oh, man. Got plenty of those, don't worry. <laughs> <right. laughs> Go to Rajasthan, in India. You'll find one in every street corner. <laughs> oh, all right, man.
1: I've always thought that was quite pretty cool, though, snake No, right?
0: I don't know, man. I saw one a few months ago when I went there, and I was freaked out because, I really? number one, I hate, I hate snakes. Oh, I do? a lot of things. Well, I, I, when I say hate, hate is just another word for fear. I fear yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. these things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw one and I was like, whoa, this Cobra or whatever it came out with, his, you know, his big wide head, you know, that little skin thing he's got on the sides and he was playing his fucking flute. I was like, this is this is too much, man. I was yeah. lucky. I was in a little, I was in a, in a minivan. I was like, I ain't getting out. I'm not going anywhere near that snake Yeah, jam. yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's wild, but, you know, you got to respect these kind of people who actually, when I say tame, again, it's in quotations because I don't know how they do it or even if they are actually tamed or whether they're just, luck. you know, taking luck of the draw and they're just hoping they won't bite them or whatever, but it's freaky shit, man.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they must have been bitten many a time now.
0: I was learning the craft, right? Like yeah. They've probably got their venom or something taken out of them, so every time they get yeah, bitten, yeah, they're bit so, yeah, Isn't I guess, it? I guess so. yeah, I guess Yeah, But still, for people who don't see those kind of creatures um, on a day-to-day basis, it's freaky. Especially for me, like I said, I'm not a big fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy, mate, pretty crazy. It's nuts, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. What's the what What's the craziest, what I say craziest, uh, what's the wildest animal you've seen once you are in China? Like, I don't know, down the streets, so or I don't know, when you were touring the... The mountains or the valleys or the farms, whatever. What's the craziest thing you've seen that you hadn't seen before in the Western world?
1: Mm, That's a good question. Hmm. (laughs) Silence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think maybe...
0: Did you, did you actually go China or are you one of those guys who just.? <laughs>
1: yeah. right? I, I saw it on a postcard, now I, I know it.
0: <laughs> you watched a video on um, it and thought, I oh, am. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. there. I'm there. I'm, a, I'm an expert. I've now. witnessed it all.
1: <laughs> I'm joking right now, you know? Um, <laughs> um, I, I think um, it, it's hard to say because, like, oh, I'll, I, I'll say probably like a bug,
0: if I'm honest um yeah my... no that well that's sort of a creature yeah.
1: yeah absolutely yeah i'll say a bug because in terms of like animals animals it, uh you don't really honestly go to like
0: the zoos i thought i guess you were in the city though as well right you yeah were in yeah
1: city. yeah i of the city so i went I I to uh chengdu uh, and they do have a panda um sort of like um exhibition there a panda sort of farm. Pan- pandas are nice though they? yeah They're yeah nice yeah creatures. Yeah, they nice creatures. I wouldn't say they're a, a weird creature, and obviously that that's, that's the national animal of China.
0: Um. <laughs> the amount of panda videos you see on YouTube, where they're like rolling down slides and shit, having the time yeah. they're like. I saw pandas, are they seem yeah. like one of the nicest creatures out there. They just literally tromping their bamboo, and they're like, you know, they're rolling down slides and shit. Like, I'm pretty sure they're a family, family member of the bear, right? Well, obviously, panda bear. So, but they just seem like the chilling,
1: chillingest bears ever, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I enjoyed going to the farm in Chengdu, uh, but um, I was kind of uh disillusioned because I was hoping they'd do kung fu, you know, like the movie,
0: but an <laughs> effort, so <laughs> you'll be kung fu panda fan, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did these like Bo is his name, Bo Bo uh, Bo, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you remind I, me of uh, Bo, bro, <laughs> <laughs> Bo Selector, though. <laughs> Ali G. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but yeah as i was saying so in, in terms of the weirdest of creature um that i've experienced in china it's probably bugs um so you have a lot of bugs in the summer especially because the weather there is very interchangeable so you get typhoons so where it's heavy heavy rain and then it's super super hot you know uh, so during this climate you get a lot of random bugs that come into your house um so i remember one time in my second year there i was living um some student accommodation on the third floor, Um and I had a balcony. So, like most apartments in, in China, you have a balcony, which is really really cool actually. And so I opened up the, sort of the window to my balcony uh, because it was hot, super 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 humid, you know. And just randomly, this massive massive bug, like this, like green sort of beetle sort of thing, was just in my room, and it wouldn't go out. Literally, it wouldn't go out.
0: And green Goblin.
1: Yeah, literally, Green Goblin. Yeah, literally, and it is crazy and it's near like my bedtime as well uh, and i was like damn i'm gonna have a sleep with it <laughs> um,
0: that's fuck man yeah literally is just, i had
1: to chase it out eventually chased it out uh but yeah it was nuts it was like a green sort of like fluorescent beetle. it was the biggest beetle i've ever seen you know uh, and it was like when it flew it was like it was taking like a massive sort of
0: surface area you know uh it's, it's mad it's crazy it's crazy Mate, I don't know. How you know it. That's fuck. Yeah. I, I would hate that kind of shit.
1: Yeah, no, that stuff is is not nobody. Really, um, otherwise, there wasn't too many weird creatures. Of know you know. As I said there was something in the city, so it is a bit different, you know,
0: in the city. They all probably died from the fucking
1: pollution, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like it, it's crazy because actually now with the COVID, now the skies are so much more bluer. Now you know.
0: Um Yeah, bro. That's. Oh, you know what I'm gonna say. That that's probably the one. Probably the best thing that's come out of this crisis is that you can fucking see cities and shit. You can actually see them clearly and there's no fucking pollution or that shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Wild.
1: Wow. I don't know if you had to... Uh, they had the, like, the G20 um, summit, uh, the UN G20 summit in, in Hangzhou, which is a city in the middle of um, Shanghai and Ningbo, the two cities which I live. And so obviously they had all the UN leaders come in um, so like uh, two weeks or three weeks beforehand, they stopped all production in the area, uh, so all manufacturing, so that when the leaders came in, it was just blue skies, it was like perfect. Oh
0: shit, are you serious?
1: Yeah, no, no. Are you serious? Yeah, that's a true story, bro, that's a true story, that's maybe like two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Uh, that
0: is fucking full-on yeah, 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 yeah. mentorship, that is wild.
1: Yeah, so, that, that's, that's, and it's smart, though, it's smart, because you can't blame it because they, they want to, G twenty is all about the environment. They wanna seem like China's doing the, the right thing with with the environment and they're not as bad as
0: they seem, you know? So Nah, it's fucking it's fucking smart, but you know what? One thing I won't any any country that remains within that agreement, I have respect for because at least they're committing to something. However yeah. much I wanna sort of uh you know fix the numbers, they're doing something. Yeah. The people who fucking decide to leave and act like ignorant twats, then you know. Yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. Godspeed. Yeah, yeah, Godspeed certainly. I think with
1: well, a V V10 will like enjoy that though. No? Godspeed. speed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, 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 you should. Yeah, you should meet V10. I think you'd get along quite well. Yeah, see.
1: no, no, I'm a big fan of that. That, that was a that was a good podcast there.
0: Uh, oh, you listened to that? Did you?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. I did enjoy that. You
0: know. Um, so, yeah, you're F1 fan as well.
1: I am. I am. But if I if I say my top three drivers, I would say, or who I think are the best top three drivers at the moment, um, I would say. Uh-huh. Lewis, I'll say is number one. I'll say Vest- for number two, but I will go for Ricardo number three instead of, I think he said Vettel. Le- okay. He said Leclerc, didn't he? So Leclerc is very... Yeah. I'll put Ricardo because he's just won more races, you know?
0: Well, there you go. I, mean, I, I think I've posed a question to him saying, uh, Vettel's won a shitload of stuff, right? So um, mm. if you're talking about the best, then surely you got to base it on people who've actually won shit, right? It's like saying... Which team has been more successful in the Premier League, Chelsea or Tottenham? And not in a bad way, Tottenham, they might have had a, they've, they've had good managers, but they might have had a great manager, in my opinion, under mm. Pochettino. Yeah. But technically, they didn't actually win them anything. Whilst yeah, Chelsea, true. during that period, while Pochettino was there, they probably won two league titles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> so, yeah. But it is what it is, and everyone's in to opinion. But yeah, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that podcast a lot, man, because I'm not an F1 fan myself. Yeah, but, no, really interesting, really interesting podcast, you know? Oh glad to you enjoyed it man thanks for that yeah no. <coughs> good shit I'll, bro um,
1: always had to praise you man you know
0: <laughs> so, uh, b B-San. B-San's I feel like his B-San's gonna be a regular boy on this <laughs> podcast he, he seems to say the right things which I like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I learn from the best mate
0: <laughs> <laughs> pangolins <are> well <welcome. laughs> Hey, did you hear that story about that? Um, apparently, again, a fucking news quotation too many times tonight about that missing, in quotations, Chinese journalist who was sort of providing, he was one of the early adopters of providing the frontline videos um, of uh, the virus in Wuhan. Okay. Yeah, literally, he, like, apparently he was missing for like two months. And then he just appeared out of the blue from nowhere. And everyone thought, oh, yeah. Because, again, remember, prop, not, not propaganda, but people think, oh, yeah, in China, this, that, and the other happens to people. Like, they go missing, they never show up again, and the population is so big, so you won't miss them. Obviously, being um, being blasé about that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he came back. He came back, and he was like, yeah, I was fine. I would just, you know, the police came to my house. I was quarantined for a few months because I was on the front line. They didn't harm me. They gave me free square meals. They gave me water, this, that, and the other. They, they didn't even take any of his content. They didn't like destroy his videos. They they literally gave it to his best mate. I think maybe it's flatmate or wherever it was, and that's okay. it. And I I don't know. You, again, you can only take this on face value because who knows what's been said to these people mm. behind closed doors, right? He could have just been said, "You say this script, and you'll be fine. You'll be let go." But it was it was refreshing in the sense that I'm i have not, not seen this kind of article before, if that makes sense, especially if something so globally damaging do you know what I mean he was literally on the front line and he was he was he was the one person who gave us in the whole of the West and the whole of the world like the footage of what the fuck's going on basically when people didn't know it was a pandemic basically
1: yeah th- 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 that, that's pretty crazy that actually it got through um, so obviously he may have uh, found a way to do that I'm not sure whether that was a VPN or he had a foreign friend that helped him with that um, or oh, something from Hong Kong um, I, I don't want to say too much because I would like to visit China again, you know? <laughs> uh, but it, it, in terms of... <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I'm writing I'm right my chances of visiting China off completely.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you could learn about it but like the postcard, you know? Like yourself, you know?
0: <laughs> there you go. That's you it. Go, yeah. uh, we're still sceptical if you actually live there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. We're not sure. The yeah, wildest no. animal you saw... Basically, from your description, the wildest animal you saw... In three years of living in China, it was a green grasshopper. So we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if you've even been there or not. I mean,
1: what's the phrase "grasshopper becomes the master"? No,
0: <laughs> oh, is it? I've not heard that, but yeah, it's a Chinese phrase. Great Chinese phrase you picked up on the internet.
1: Yeah, uh, from the local library, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Inner City London. That's what. That's the library you visited.
1: Inner city library, uh, London library, you know, uh, ILL.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's yeah. good, man. That's good uh, shit. Yeah,
1: man. Um, but yeah, but I, as I was saying, um, in, in terms of this video, obviously, it was uh, quite refreshing, as you said, see the sort of the real situation play out. Again, it was stopped, in a sense, you know. Um, and obviously he was in quarantine. Uh, I said in commas, uh, for two, two months, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he was told to say certain things when he came out, um, and it is what it is, you know. Um, so I'm sure he he, he, did, that, he did that for in terms of like safety, family safety. Um, he didn't want to say too much, you know.
0: Well, that's it. there's obviously there's, there's a lot of skepticism around it. You can't take it at face value because there could be a lot of factors playing into why he said what he said. But it is refreshing, and it may not be accurate, but it is refreshing to hear someone come out the other side. Of a fucking, it's the theme of the podcast quotation, you know, like um, mystery guy who's been disappeared and come out the other side and say I'm all good. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. They it, all it, treat
0: it, me. They treat me with d- dignity, respect. They let me. You know, they didn't destroy my footage. They just quarantined me because I was on the front line for so long. That's Yeah,
1: it. it's crazy. Have you seen the the video of um, the front line uh, doctors and nurses who's contracted coronavirus? how their um, skin tone has darkened over time
0: nah bro what's that about
1: I- I'll send you the link so yeah so basically uh, there's a video um, on uh, World Star hip hop and uh, most uh, sort of formal sources <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> is that your
0: main source of news? World Star Hip Hop? Yeah, forget me,
1: Miss CNN. You know, this, is, this is where I get my
0: news from, you know? Oh, uh, you know, I don't judge you for that because there's no news outlet you can really trust, to be honest. Yeah,
1: so it's true, it's true. It's true. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I was watching the video. So they had the pictures of these uh, doctors, which are healthy doctors. So obviously they just look normal, right? And then they had the aftermath once they have contracted the virus and they went in hospital, in S. Care. And they were
0: super, super dark. The skin tone was super, super dark, you know? So what do you get? They get, got like they got what they just generated more melanin or something.
1: I think it's because of the liver, right? So obviously the liver uh been overworked, getting rid of all the toxins, right? Uh from the coronavirus, I
0: guess. And uh Oh wait, these are doctors? Yeah, the doctors. So what are the doctors doing different? Uh, they're just more in contact with these patients. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think they are more in contact, so they're closer to um the infection, I guess, you know? Um, and obviously I, I think, I don't know whether it's still the case, but when the, the sort of the virus started, first started to rear its head, there was a, um, people were saying, the media were saying that um, if you're in close proximity to lots of people with the virus, you're going to get it worse. Um, so I think
0: potentially that's what's happened with these, these guys, you know? Uh, There's nothing wrong with a bit of melanin there, isn't there? Oh, Let's no, be no, no,
1: no, trust me, no, no, I know I,
0: you can vouch for that.
1: I, I can certainly vouch for that, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well what was afraid but the darker the berry, the sweet the juice, you know?
0: Well yeah, let's just say you you basically make up the shed's diversity <laughs> quotes. <right? laughs> <laughs> that's funny, that's funny. There you go, he's fucking chomping us on pangolins or whatever, not um <laughs> I know, but honestly actually that's, that's an interesting question. Like, yeah. Obviously, I'll send you the you link. link. I'll send you, yeah, I'll send you the link. It's pretty crazy,
1: mate. It's pretty crazy.
0: No, send, send it away, man. But, you know, yeah. a question I've got to ask. Um, living in China, number one as a, as a British citizen mm-hmm. and number two as a person of colour, right? You know, a brown guy, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, what, what was that like? And what was the sort of reaction towards you, you know, if anything?
1: See, it's good and bad, you know? It's good and bad. So, if, uh, I didn't actually say this in this podcast. So if my first... Uh, experience in China was a, in a city called Ningbo, which is not very famous uh, in sort of the Western world. Um, it had the same population size as London, which is crazy.
0: Well, with that, that bro, you know what, that, that, I'll stop you right there because that is actually nuts. You're saying a city which majority of yep. the world outside of China has not heard of Yeah. yet the population and probably the infrastructure, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like if you look at tower blocks and, you know, skyscrapers or whatnot, it, it's a big city, right?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's crazy. I, I've got the stats here, so um, do my research. <laughs> so Ningbo, uh, the population is yeah. two million, and London is eight point nine million. So I think not much of a difference at all, you know. Is and it what 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 was the numbers? Two million and eight million. So eight point nine million for London, uh,
0: and yeah. for Ningbo is eight point two million. So, so yeah, so- that's that is fucking iconic. It's the yeah, same should- shit, man.
1: Yeah, literally, same same stuff, bro. Like, um, and the thing is, like, in that city, um, it's probably the size of Birmingham, in is, you know, in the surface area. Uh, but it's just over- Bob, if if
0: if you if you look at the if you look at the skyline, you can tell me mm. in terms of skyscrapers and yes, all these yeah, office blocks and all that. Yeah. Like, is there much difference? Because London doesn't have the biggest fucking you know skyscrapers and shit in the world. So you tell me, what what yeah. you know? Is it that much difference, or is it bigger?
1: It's just there's so much more residential blocks and skyscrapers in, in China compared to in yep, China, right. to London, you know. Obviously, in the city of London, obviously, there's a lot of skyscrapers. but if you go to the outskirts or if you go to, like, the like normal inner city areas, it's not. So it's more houses, sure. houses right? Yeah. Uh, but Fair in enough. China, most people live in apartment blocks, you know, uh, so in the high mm. ranges. Um, so there's a lot of tall buildings. So that's, that dominates the skyline. Um, they well, well, they're well constructed to there, so they do look good. But if you, if you, if you're a fan of just like natural beauty, maybe it's not the best, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, as I say, as, as I was saying, so uh, your question was um, in, in terms of moving to moving to uh, China and how how it was for me personally. So, um, Ningbo is not as um, it doesn't have, as have. As, um, as many expats as say Shanghai, you know, so it's not as uh westernized in the sense. So, so going there, um, I was seen as kind of a celebrity in the sense, you know, and uh, I've always wanted to be famous, you know, so uh, I always wanted to uh,
0: <laughs> have a photo taken, you know. What well, 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 <laughs> uh, I got, I got a button. What was your spin up story? Like, who did you say you were? Like, were you, were you a rapper? Were you a footballer? Were you, what, you What were you?
1: See, it's it's funny because uh, being a, a dark skinned in um in China, people don't
0: actually think you're from England. Um, so they always, always they ask. I'm them, not to lie, mate. You dark skinned, whichever country <laughs> you go to, it? but it's not a bad <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like they um they say like when they ask like where you're from, they think you're either American because of Obama, Kobe Bryant, you know. Um, just, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think uh, being English, you're uh, white skinned uh blonde hair blue eyes you know the sort of typical stereotype, know you know. sure 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so um when i was over there so like people will take pictures obviously um because they haven't seen somebody of my ilk before you know um <laughs> <laughs>
0: ilk. it's my so ilk. weird that it's so weird that you have to basically um describe your being as yeah. an ilk you know yeah, is mean? no, yeah. fu- so fucked up like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything yeah. against Chinese people or whatever yeah. nation from, yeah. but the fact that you have to describe it as an ilk yeah. which is probably accurate in the sense of it's not normal in the sense of in certain parts of the world and people will stare and look at you because it happens to a lot of us right yeah, but yeah. the fact that you have to describe it with the word ilk that is so messed up man but it's what society is at the moment right it, is it, has, what been, is, man. it has been yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of years yeah, so yeah man it's,
1: it's, cra- crazy. Crazy. it's crazy it's crazy it's always going to be there unfortunately I, I, hopefully it won't but I think he's going to be here for like the foreseeable future, you know? Um, Yeah. With with them though, but in Ningbo specifically, like it wasn't um, like negative or nasty in terms of the way it was just the fact they haven't been exposed of somebody for my ilk, you know, (laughs) Um, before, you know? (laughs)
0: So like You gotta drop you gotta drop that word.
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah, so when I was there, like people were super friendly to me. I really enjoyed being there in Ningbo. Ningbo was a very friendly city, like I love living there. And I moved to Shanghai and I also would party in Shanghai and stuff, you know. Uh Shanghai is I would say Shanghai is more racist than um Ningbo is, uh even though it's a bigger city and more westernized. But maybe no, Yeah, I I would say so, without question for me. Personally, in my experience there, I was in NICBA for two years and uh, Shanghai for one year. Um, I think uh, the fact is, Shanghai, unfortunately, um, as a foreigner there, um, there are a lot of foreigners that go there. uh, In Shanghai, because Shanghai is such a big city, and they kind of live the negative uh, foreigner stereotype, you know, where they're very rude to people. uh, They don't speak the language. Uh, and they think they're just like on holiday, you know. In a sense, you know, and they can do what they
0: want. Um, but is that is that more a British thing? Because you're speaking a certain language, mm-hmm. and you're coming with a certain culture, and forget forget the skin color. Yeah, you're obviously you're you're perceived as being British, right? After yeah. people get to know you, yeah, and they just might be like, "Fuck that! I ain't got time for that." I'm 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 Shanghai, and Shanghai is massive. Yeah, like, it's a massive city in the yeah, whole yeah. world, yeah, in every single sense of the word. So is it a sense of racism or is it a sense of culturism?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm going to get to the racism in a bit, but like in terms of just general, as a, as a foreigner, they're uh, taking away race, you know. Um, there's been a lot of negative sort of um, experiences for nationals with foreigners, just generally, you know, unfortunately, because of the been the nature of the big city. And for me, as uh, my, um, my job there was a teacher, you know, so obviously I, uh, my final job, I was working in a... English language school as a new school it opened up and um, to send your kid to one of these schools you have to have a bit of money generally you know for the school I was working at um, the sort of tuition fees were quite high you know um, and I was good at what I did I'm, I'm going to say that I'm big headed I'm say like I was pretty good at what I did you know um, but I still would not be able to get the approval of like the parents there just because of my skin you know unfortunately for some, some of the parents you know Um it was. It, I could have been the best teacher in the world, and I it still would have been the same, you know, um, just because of the way they see people of color. Uh, some people, anyway, more like the bour- the bourgeois, you know, Chinese sort of like rich upper class, how they see people of color, um, and the stereotype of us, in a sense, you know, um, which is uh, unfortunately. Uh, Crazy and it's is not is not true and it sh- shouldn't be like that but it is what it is um, I, when I was there obviously I, I tried to represent us in a, in a positive fashion you know and uh, obviously uh, be friendly and all of that uh, and I feel like I did that as well before I left uh, but I still they're going to have those uh, preconceived views about yourself about you you know uh, even though they don't know you uh, which is
0: sad but it is what it is yeah uh, yeah that's fair enough man so what about? I mean, like we said at the start, you are you are an English teacher. You were an English teacher back there. What what what? How did the students say to you? Because obviously, the people you are teaching are young, impressionable kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know the age range or whatever that you, you you taught. But what was their sort of you know opinions towards you? Because they might obviously have not seen someone from Britain, you know, as a person of color, etc. And, you know, how do they take to your, you know, response towards teaching?
1: It's funny you say that because um, the kids I used to teach were normally younger kids, uh, uh, especially in the last year. And um, so you have to do these demo classes and kids to sign up, right? And and I was the best teacher in terms of, my, sort of demo class. so They always put me on, the, on the, sort of, that, that sort of job, that task. And <laughs> you see a lot of the kids will come in there just crying because they've never seen somebody like you before. <laughs> so they'll be just... Uh, sort of like tearing up, you know, uh, like crying their eyes out because they're just scared. They're like, who, who's this person that they sort of can uh, be interacting with? But the things, once they get to know you, uh, they sort of like ease up and uh, it's cool, man. Like, so I I'd, I'd like with really some really good students over there, uh, really enjoyed uh, my time uh, teaching. Um what I thought it is a lot. My um, were sort of like very enjoyable, very, a lot of variety around them as well. Um, so I really enjoyed it you know? I really enjoyed the, the teaching aspect of class, uh, and and I think those kids when they grow up uh, and even to stay the they, they will say oh they really enjoyed
0: my time as
1: a teacher there um, I did put a lot of work in you know, I felt I, because I was like high energy I was like I was jumping around a lot of high fives you know um, and sort of a lot of passion you know so it was, it was, it was an enjoyable experience for me and uh, yeah I think I really prospered um, teaching at these kids, you know
0: uh, well, so you're an English teacher, what about the other teachers? Because obviously you're teaching English, there's other teachers who teach other subjects such as history and stuff like that. Did you ever get a chance to interact with them and, you know, find out what they're teaching? Because obviously we know from Western society, yeah. what they teach in history and obviously general curriculum is completely different. Well, it is very different and it's very sort of subjective to what you actually should know and what actually happened in the world over the last X amount of years.
1: Yeah, so for me personally, like I was actually just working in language, language school, so solely English. So my colleagues were only English uh, speakers, and they only really taught English. You know, um, I do know some people who were uh, teachers at international schools, um, so they taught different subjects. Um, so, for example, one of my good friends, he taught uh, like um, design and technology there, um, a sort of like graphic design. Um, so he's very talented as well. So like he broke it down um, because of the international school, so. It, English, the, key, the level of English that the kids had was higher than most other people. Um, so he was able to teach um, graphic design in the same way that he would do probably in the um, in you. Um, so it very much is the case like in the public schools, I didn't know that many people in the public schools, if so I, um, I can't really, really uh, speak about that but in terms of the international schools, uh, the curriculum was very much American curriculum how they would teach in like generally uh, most other places in in america you
0: know no yeah that's fair enough actually um yeah so i guess if you were in a public school it might have been a slightly different experience i'm guessing
1: yeah exactly I, and I, obviously i, I didn't uh, move on to that sort of like role um because that's not what i wanted to do um i didn't really know anybody that did it who was not an English teacher um so i can't really actually, no, that's a lie actually i do know somebody who's actually a a uh, master science teacher, um, so he does do it. But again, the level of English is quite good, so it's, it's. I don't think it's much of a difference if I'm honest. You know,
0: is he a Westerner or a yeah, Chinese? He's, he's, a, he's a Westerner. He's a Westerner. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair. Fair. Yeah. But I mean, for you, what was the language barrier like?
1: Yeah, so for me, when I went over, there, I didn't speak a lick of English. You know, uh, a lick of English. Sorry.
0: <laughs> 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 That's true oh, as yeah. well. That's a trip, so Whoever's listening to this, I think they've realised your English <laughs> definitely, definitely not your first language. Yeah, so definitely you know, not, def- definitely not, you know. You're, you're doing such a good job to yeah. make it sound like this, so
1: yeah. keep going, bro. Well, well, I'm not good with words, you know? <laughs> you
0: know. You're in the shed, so don't worry about words yeah. or not. Yeah, dude. I well. appreciate it, <laughs>
1: man. This like- is <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, in terms of level Chinese, yeah, so I didn't speak a, a lick of Chinese going there, you know. Um, so, when I went over there, um, I was quite fortunate because the school I was signed up with, there obviously the staff were quite friendly. All these cool, you know. Um, so, they sort of were kind of like my bigger brothers and sisters, like behind me for the first few few months. Obviously, um, living by myself, I had to fend for myself on um, occasion. While
0: I learn the language. Um, oh shit! Sure. Against the grasshoppers, and shit.
1: Yeah, against the grasshoppers, the beetles, the pandas, you know? <laughs> all of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: those pandas. If you don't, if you don't get a, a head start, they'll be all over you. you know? Yeah, trust me. Man. Is that
1: very I've got to catch them all. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. So I remember a good story was actually uh, when I moved to my new place uh, and to the lovely place, one of my favourite places that I lived in. You know. And uh, just by the, the gate, they had a, a street full of restaurants. And obviously, I didn't speak any Chinese, but I was hungry. So I had to get some food. Um, and I didn't even know the money that well, you know. So I had some money, some cash in my hand. And I just go to the, the nearest restaurant. And I, and there's this, this, this Chinese uh, lady behind the, behind the till. And just looked at me like, who's this guy? Who's this
0: guy? Who is Michael Jordan? It's funny you
1: say that because I was wearing basketball shorts as well, you know? <laughs> oh,
0: that, that's how I said that. I know you're a big NBA fan. Yeah, yeah I am. I am.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I walked in and then I was like, oh, um, I used my hand gesture like I want to eat, right? <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> my language, you know. So, like, um, yeah, I go in there, and then um, I just point. To, luckily, they have pictures, so
0: I just point some pictures. Like number one, which, which animal? Which animal did you point at? And did they give you a live animal? See, I don't know what animal that is.
1: So, actually, technically, it should be pork. So, it basically, they have this thing called uh, Roja Moore, like Roger Moore, like the Bond actor. You know, uh, it's basically like a yeah. burger, um, like two pieces of bread with pork mince inside and like cheese. It's really nice, to, to be honest. Uh, and uh, I pointed it to that, I didn't know what it was, but it looked like a western sort of like burger. I was like, oh man, this sounds it's be right, you know. I pointed it to that, and I got some dumplings as well. And uh, um, yeah, I just handed the money over, and she gave like the change, and yeah, and that that can be my go to restaurant after that. It was like, oh, uh, if people treat me well, I was like, yeah, let me let me give them money, you
0: know. Oh, fair play, man. And the food was oh, delicious yeah. as well, you know. So the food, that was pork, a- mate, that pork, um. <laughs> Pork in China, I mean, there's a lot. And if you look at a World Health Organization website, there's a lot of viruses that, actually, to be honest, the majority is avian influenza, but there's a lot of viruses which come out from pork as well, man. Yeah. It's crazy. See, like
1: it's, it's crazy because I didn't really um, know much about it before I uh, left the country. Um so, so once, I came, once I came back, then I sort of learned more about it, you know? So like, free pork was quite a staple there for one. It's because it's cheap.
0: It's cheap. Yeah,
1: yeah. they have like the dumplings, they have a lot of the meals. And it's tasty, man, because like, they douse everything with MSG. Um, So most of the, like, the flavour is nice, you know? You don't... Can you just
0: explain MSG for our, our people who don't know? Listeners?
1: Um, yeah, so ba- basically, it's sort of, um, how, how would you say? It's kind of... Um, it's sort of a, a flavoring. It's called um. I don't know what the actual technical term is. Um. It's what they use. It's like salt that they use on all their food. There, yeah. um, it's worth uh, it. Okay. Yeah, and they cook everything with it. Um. And it's it's tasty. It's, it's delicious to bear from on this, but it's very bad for you. Um. And they they have it uh in abundance in all of their meals. Um. And uh, yeah, and I, I have to say, like, it is delicious. Like, I think I do miss about China is the food. The food is incredible. Incredible, man.
0: Mate, how how different is is it living in China and obviously eating local Chinese food? Yeah. And obviously being in the UK and maybe other parts of Western yeah. the Western society mm. and saying, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a Chinese tonight. Let me get some of these dumplings, yeah, like, soup, this duck or whatever it is. How different actually is it?
1: Maybe night and day, mate, night and day. Literally. So like in the UK, I always say this to people, like the stuff you find in like Chinatown, for example, is Cantonese food, you know, that's um Hong Kong food, but it's a very
0: greasy Hong Kong food. Um, like proper Chinese food. So, oh, so sorry, just a button, you said Hong Kong food, right? Mm. So obviously uh, a westernized food is all based on their yeah, longevity so- of being Chinese occupied, occupied and uh, Western occupied. Yeah, so very much like fried
1: stuff, like a lot of fried stuff, you know. Um, if you eat proper like Chinese, Chinese authentic food, uh, it's a lot of different things, a lot of rice, a lot of noodles, um, a lot of um, different vegetables as well. Um, there's it, not actually much meat. There's there's meat, but like, you know how in England you have a big piece of meat, if you're a meat eater anyway, a carnival or a yeah. Um You have big meat and the vegetables and whatever, some uh, sauce or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Over there, the, the main basis of the meal is the carbohydrate, like the noodles or the, the rice or the dumpling whatever, and then you have a bit of meat. Sort of mixed, level, you know? uh,
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's that, one thing of the um, um, sort of Asian culture that that the meat is almost a condiment, isn't
1: it? Yeah, exactly, so, exactly, yeah, exactly. So it's not the main feature of the dish at all, you know. Obviously, there are certain things, dishes where you you do get meat. For example, yeah, like Dong Dongbei meal uh, food, which is uh, in the northeast of uh, China, I think northeast or northern part of China. Anyway, um, are very much their cuisine is very much um. Uh, meat dominant um so they have a lot of different meat dishes um so but most sort of um cuisines in china um is very much a, meat is a condiment as you said you know um, so for me personally like the food i had over there was delicious and for me now in comparison i don't like going to eat from chinese restaurants here because it's not the same it feels like i'm wasting money as well But the cheap the food there is so cheap as well like for me i could eat for like two pounds one pound fifty it's a really nice meal you know uh, and to have the similar sort of quality here costs a little like 15, 20 pounds, you know? Um So, yeah, so it's not the same. So that's why I don't really like to eat um Chinese food here, you know?
0: No, that's fair. I mean, it's also a case of you were the, the sort of the guy who ate a grasshopper in China and so <laughs> um, obviously, you know, news travels fast, especially from China. So, they're sort of, you know, friends and family back home would be like oh shit watch out for this guy he's, uh, he's going to ask for grasshopper and it's not on the menu he's going to make the restaurant look bad yeah well <laughs> that's
1: why that's why I hop from restaurant to restaurant
0: you know But there you go yeah yeah. Again, go. Buns, innit? so <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like pun yeah. <laughs> 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 <On> city <C-E>, huh <laughs> Ollie. um awesome awesome um, yeah, one one question I wanted to ask you know you know um, well, from what I remember I remember we were chatting uh, actually a few years ago yeah and I think you were you were involved in an accident right Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, man. Um... You're involved in an accident, so <clears throat> you can explain the accident obviously um, mm. um, in a second, and um, you can tell everyone what um, what happened. But one question I'm very very intrigued about because mm-hmm. something which doesn't get advertised a lot uh obviously based on censorship and the difference in media yeah. um is the healthcare system so i'm assuming i'm assuming i don't know fully but i'm assuming you went to the hospital i'm assuming you went via A E, uh, whatever it may be yeah. but just all right we, we, we'll base it against uk because us healthcare is obviously very different but uk healthcare you know what are the differentials you know how, how was the speed of getting through all that and you know what was the healthcare service like as a whole in general. Yeah. Um so I was giving a bit of background about my accident there. So basically um
1: I had an e-bike there, which is very common. It's a very much I guess on the And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, it's a stupid story really is uh, is my fault. So um I was at the time I was studying uh, on a campus in China in a university campus and I studied Chinese. And I was driving from um my place of residence to the lecture. Hall in the between there's a cafeteria so this is the morning and i wanted to get some breakfast and some water just for my lecture you know as you do um and then so i bought my stuff and i put it into um, the holder so i put these two like steam buns into the holder and then my the water following it and the water started to slip and then unfortunately um i <laughs> grabbed the water let it go of the, of the handle and then to the side and then sort of fell face first um and obviously damaged my teeth. Um, it's quite, quite bad, actually. Um, so after that, I had to obviously head to a um, hospital to get my face looked.
0: Um,
1: so I was a messy mess, you know. Um, so I went over there, and uh, unfortunately, when I went there, um, I so they have certain periods of time where they can't see any patients. So I think it's from I think I went there at eleven. Uh, so from, so from ten to eleven they don't see patients. 10, ten to twelve or something. They don't have to see Is that AM or PM? Uh, AM. AM. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was or oh, eleven to one or something like that, you know? Um, so I, I had to register and then I had to wait until one for somebody to see me. but um, I was some friends at that time. Uh, and then when I when they saw me though, it was quite efficient. Um, um obviously they were speaking Chinese so obviously I need to get help from translating and stuff. Um that's very efficient, very quick. Um and then from there, um, they they let me go. Did did what they needed to do, and it, it was good. I, I thought it was a very efficient system. Um, from this,
0: um, like how how did it compare to your, your I don't know if you've had any case uh, times you've been in any in the UK or whatnot, but um, how did it compare in your
1: See, I, I haven't been to any in the UK, so I, I can't re- compare from this man. I'm um, very fortunate, you know. I, I live a very <laughs> okay. oh, that's a safe life in the UK, you know. Um, so. Yeah, I say I've had any sort of experience dealing with that here. Um, I find it's quite difficult here to get an appointment and get to see, be seen. But, um, I may be wrong, I didn't no. have you had any experience? in you know Any?
0: Yeah, I've, I've been at any a few times. Um, it's a long ass process, to be honest. Um, yeah. But to be honest, it's not something I'm going to really um, say is a, is an issue mm-hmm. with the healthcare system because, like, like you. I've had a couple of occasions where I've had to go there,
1: yeah, and I've yeah. used
0: it, and I've I've made it. When I say not in a selfish way, i made it work for myself in the sense. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I, I got what I needed from it. I needed to be seen. I got my scans. I got an X-ray, whatever it was for, you yeah. know, certain issues, and it done the job nicely. And yeah, yeah the waiting was a part of it, but I'm not going to complain against people, for example, in the US who don't have any national healthcare service in place. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was probably the major, you know, the only country. In the world, major country in the world in terms of uh, monetary, they they don't that. But now I was just intrigued to see what it's like in uh, China, I guess, uh, comparison to UK. And I uh, say so I've got a question for you now. So going on slightly of here, um, so go on, BC, I didn't mean the question. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so I was just thinking. Um, obviously we're now with the situation with COVID, and obviously now the sort of um, the praise that all the key workers are getting in this climate. You reckon now there's going to be a a change in terms of how salaries are sort of um, given to certain uh, professions um, due to this pandemic. Was um, it finished?
0: Well, oh, it's just a, that's a quality question. Um, when I say when you when you say, do you think there will be? I don't know what anyone will do because a lot of uh, a lot of these corporate structures are greedy and they almost look out for themselves. One thing I think that should happen almost immediately is that there should be something called hazard pay to every and every single person that is still out there, not working from home, mm-hmm. everyone on the front line. And when I say frontline, all right, NHS obviously is, a, is the main target, but every single worker out there who is still putting their lives at risk yes, yeah, so working he, for yeah. the good of this society, mm-hmm. right? Whether you're <clears> – <throat> Sorry, whether you're a um, uh, you know you're a shop vendor, you're a, working in a, a grocery store, a grocery store, you know, petrol station, anything, anything that's keeping the lights on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, NHS is obviously the 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 front of everyone's minds, and is what's the, the government rhetoric is save the NHS, blah blah blah. You know, suddenly they've realised there's an NHS and they have to save it. you know after years of obviously not worrying about them but there there's so many other obviously key workers out there care workers everything um i in my opinion there's something which should be done and it's something called hazard pay and it should come into fruition and it should be on the top of everyone's agenda in my opinion in terms of government yeah Yeah,
1: no, I, i completely agree with you man like um i know there's talk now at the moment of um Supermarkets are uh, raising their wage to 10 pounds, something right? Um, instead of nine pounds, um, from the future. But again, a supermarket, uh, being working in supermarket is an essential job, you know. Um, if you if nobody's working, you know, not want to get your food, you know. We help with groceries. And
0: I've always thought they were, well, mate, it's absolutely huge, it's absolutely huge what they're doing because it is, it's massive, they're putting their lives at risk, yeah. And they're, they're literally dealing with people who are who are generally not in not, alright now it might have calmed down but at the start they were not in the right state of mind in the sense nah, of winter, nah, yeah. there were people who were going frantic they had to deal with those kind of people I guess so, I mean maybe one person one family member might have bought two brands of two two sort of you know sections of toilet roll, and they'd be like ah oh, where's my third you were running out blah blah, blah. why can't we buy two loaves you know, two loaves of bread or why can't we buy two mm-hmm. loaves of chicken you know they gotta deal with a lot of shit and, and yeah, they've yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're doing a fantastic job. So, yeah, people like that, it's generally, there's no other way for it. They're, NHS people are saving people's lives. These people, uh, basically, they're basically catering to the living, right? So, it, it's kind of reverse role, but they're still helping people survive, full stop. So, just give us some hazard, Paige. You know I mean, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, well, learned.
1: yeah, definitely. Without question, man, without question at all. Yeah, I fully agree with you in terms of you know, it, as you said, yeah, you know, and uh, that's the that's the least we can do, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that that's my take on it. I mean, there's so many different industries um which are um still operating and I'm t- I'm not talking about from home, which obviously those guys are doing great and fair play to them because their their businesses and their corporations can allow them to keep working, which is not a bad thing at these times of sort of you know, lonesomeness and boredom, etc. You kind of want to keep your mind occupied. So, yeah, of, course, fair play of course, to them who can actually keep their industries running. But mm-hmm. the people at the front line, like we mentioned, they, they, they should get they should get rewarded. You know, what I mean, they should hundred percent get rewarded. And the hazard pay, you know, it's a, it's a definite thing in my opinion that should really come into fruition. Yeah, I definitely agree with you uh, regarding that, man. Yeah, I mean, all right, j- j- just just while we're on that topic, on terms of salaries and yeah. um, living uh, costs, whatever. Uh, just from your point of view, salary differentials. So, sort of whilst you're in China, mm-hmm. how yeah. did it vary? When you know, if if you were looking at the same sort of job you done in, the, if you were to do it in the UK and stuff like that, and obviously, you know, how did it differentiate? And also, just the general cost of living. What was it yeah. like in China? So Interest.
1: So, yeah, again, that, that's a, um, a double battle, you know? Um, so in, in terms of uh, the cost of living, it, it varies from city to city. And it depends on how you lived your life, you know? For example, like for me, I went there when I was 23. I in a single guy. I like to party, whatever, you know? Um, obviously, you're going to go out, drink a bit, um, enjoy yourself. Um, but for example, if you're maybe a married couple uh, without kids, yeah, without kids, and maybe you don't want to, you don't like drinking or whatever, um, you're obviously... Um, sharing rent costs um you're sharing uh, food costs um and obviously you can save mm-hmm. money there um
0: in terms of but you know you could have you saved some money you know like obviously you're in the city center if yeah. you had just gone out like a little bit into the outskirts you could have chased some grasshoppers and yourself right and you could <laughs> literally <laughs> go and that would have <laughs> saved you some food costs like, straight away
1: yeah yeah you're gonna start hunting you know yeah
0: you go. You hunt with like a slingshot, right? Little stone and pebble, like slingshot. Well, that Bart Simpson, though. <laughs> well, that's, that's what you're wrong on, mate. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, mate. Oh, oh, yeah, all I need is skateboard. I'm good, <laughs> mate. Good to go, you know. Yeah, you're not good on four wheels actually. I've realised.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I say I'm bad at two wheels. Four wheels is fine, you
0: know. <laughs> I, mean, I think you need more like six to eight wheels to be honest. To be real, <laughs> real. Uh, Dude, 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 dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, man.
1: Uh, but yeah, but in, in terms of um, like, so like when I was in Ningbo, it was a lot cheaper to live there, you know. Um, um, Shanghai was more expensive, very much comparable um, to London in terms of the the living costs and uh, the cost of like rent and so on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but um, in terms of uh, salaries, um, I would say that salary wise, um, in teaching anyway is much comparable to, to what you get in London um I know that there's some of my friends who work in sort of uh the industries the business industry they work long hours uh, and they won't be as good um compared to back okay. um so I think it depends on the industry you know um then and, and weather is is a nice it's to, again as I said like food you can get food for very cheap if you wanted to you can eat quite cheap depending on what restaurant you go to depending on the city you live in you know um Really depends like anywhere, like h- how you live, how you live your lifestyle. No,
0: nah, yeah. No, nah, that's fair enough. All right. B right, I've taken up so much of your time, right? No, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I've been uh a- right, before you jump the gun and get your grasshoppers um cooked in the oven. <laughs> I got got one final question for you. All right. Go on, go on. That's right. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You're all ears, there you go. How um, what 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 was your biggest misinterpretation about China, you know, from once you from once you before you went there and from obviously once you would live there? Like, what was the biggest misinterpretation from your opinion?
1: I would say the technology from my it's mate. Um for me, like I knew that obviously Japan was like a technological like hub, you know? Obviously I knew about the robots there and sort of like the Crazy wow. thing mm-hmm. kind of yeah, over there, but I didn't know that that's sort of seeped to China. Like living there, like the technology just to kind of runs society in terms of how important it is, you know. Um, like everyone's on their phones at all times, you know. Like you go in the metro, everyone's on their phone, you know. Um, uh, people don't really communicate. Like, there's a lot of times, like, even when you're out in public, you're with people, they're just on their phones, you know. Um, I guess it's kind of similar here in London, but not as much, you know. Um, I guess the modern society. And as I said with WeChat earlier, um, everyone uses their phone to pay for stuff, um, to pay their bills, uh, to contact people. Um, it's just everything's... And obviously, like, I don't know if I uh, mentioned this, so they have a massive, like, um, delivery system there. Um, so, you know how here we have Amazon... e or like,
0: like, Deliveroo or something?
1: No, no, so, like, um, yeah, you know you have Raw Mail here. So they
0: have... Um, Oh, sorry, postal
1: delivery, okay. Uh, postal delivery, yeah. So but they have, um, you know, like Amazon, eBay, they have a similar thing called Taobao, which is like, um, like those two uh, platforms where you can buy uh, cheap stuff for very cheap prices and it's quality stuff generally. So everyone uses Taobao. So they have a massive postal um, network uh, of delivery drivers um, who uh, call called Kwai D and they deliver very quickly around around the city um and it's crazy how society is linked from like just just a normal person on a bike uh you like one click on the phone this person can be sent straight away to deliver a parcel uh, on the other side of the city um in just like one an hour you know um it's, it's crazy it's crazy it's just, uh, just i guess it, it's so connected now with the society there uh, and, and it's quite developed. So that's, a, that's another shot. I was quite surprised at how developed it was. That's yeah. when, when I, there, I didn't take the city where I was going to be would be developed, you know. Um, but it was. Um, it was it's just a normal city. London, um, And that was a good thing for me because obviously it helped me sell um, when I was over there. It was just like a normal city. Uh, like restaurants, uh, pubs, bars. Uh, what you're seeing in a normal
0: Western I see. Um yeah, because I guess that's something that's obviously what you're used to being from inner city London, like you said. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, just just on that postal delivery thing. Mm. We know Amazon globally is huge, right? Yeah. And we know in that part of the world Alibaba is fucking huge. Yeah. So no, that, if you if you needed something, would you go Alibaba or would no, you go exactly. Amazon?
1: So Alibaba is all for businesses, if you want to so, say. Like if you if you obviously
0: have have a business and you want to buy something, it's also for consumers because you got Alibaba Express and you have got obviously the mm. original Alibaba. There's two sort of separate platforms. Yeah. Right? One of them is basically uh basically a play on Amazon, like literally. Mm. So
1: like Taobao is the one that we use, like the general consumer we use Taobao because you get everything on Taobao. Um, Taobao like incredible is incredible. Like, I bought so much stuff for Taobao. Um, you can even buy bikes there. You can buy vehicles. You can buy, you can buy whatever you want, literally on Ta- Taobao.
0: Uh, you can buy- How many grasshoppers off- did you buy in Taobao?
1: <laughs> Numerous, too many to count. You know, I had a bulk order. You know. Every- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, it, that's one thing I do miss. Taobao was incredible. Um, obviously, we have Amazon here, eBay here, but it's not the same.
0: No, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. All right, right, B-San, Like we said earlier, we're taking up. Plenty of the time, and we appreciate it so much that you come on and talked about your experience in China because mm. I'm sure it's got a lot of how different heads turned about misinterpretations and this that, and the other. Um, I appreciate you great. having me, um, Shed Life. No, nice Yeah, yeah. anytime you want to come to the shed, you, you, you come. Um, is there any last message you wanna uh, you wanna say before we uh, let you go? No, I just I just, uh, just
1: um, I'm proud of what you do in Shed Life. You know. Um, You've uh, moved from the kennel to the shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next no, so just, uh,
0: just uh, keep doing what you're doing, you know? So for all of those, all of all of you don't know, I, yeah, me and b sound grew up from the kennels and uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's still a bit better, bit bitter because I moved to a shed. He tried to move country and obviously was <laughs> still in the kennel with grasshoppers and, you know, I found myself in that shed whilst he was away, so he's, he's like, slightly slightly better
1: <laughs> <laughs> back in the kettle where I belong you
0: know <laughs> no nah, I wouldn't say that but he's, he's doing well for himself but yeah, all right listen appreciate your time and uh thanks very much for coming on and we hope to hear from you soon again yeah definitely um, man anytime, anytime awesome stay safe yeah you too take care take easy guys appreciate it bye <laughs>